many chords, man. So many chords. I don't know if I made my deadline for Dusty, but I'm trying. So, uh, good morning. We'll, we'll pray. We'll get started. Um, if this is your first time with us, I'm Ryan. Uh, nice to see you. And uh, here we go. Jesus, I pray uh, this morning that as we as we worship, as um, we dwell on uh, your word, as we we try to listen to your voice. I pray that you'd speak to, me, to each of us, God. Um, I pray that you would um, wake, wake us up if we're asleep a bit. I pray that you would um, meet us, those that are searching and needing a new touch. We just invite your presence, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I run to you for your arms? 
restores my life. So I wait for you. So I wait for you. I'm falling on my knees. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. 
Love and lead me in your love to those who 
darkness my God that is who you are you are we make a miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my God that is who you are you are here touching every heart I worship a really bold line, um, healing every heart, so I feel like I'm supposed to pray if you want it. I feel like God's like, yeah, it's here if you want it, so God, I just pray. Those of us that need it, that want it, God, we pray for your healing, whatever that means.
turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, mending every heart. I worship you. I worship you. Waymaker. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Oh, make miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. 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 you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working I don't feel that you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel that you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. Oh, we make miracle work. Promise keep light in the darkness. My God. That is who you are. Oh, we make miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. 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 That is who you
never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Jesus, lift up the name of Jesus. 
Jesus, help us to not be embarrassed, not be ashamed, to be bold um, with our love for you, God. Let's pray. Uh, keep working this morning, God. Your will be done. In your name we pray. Amen. Spirit, come. Come, Lord. Jesus, the scripture says that by the name of Jesus, demons will tremble. Lord, I just, um, I have a sense this morning, Lord, of, of some folks being attacked. And so we just lift up your name, Jesus, Lord. We speak the name of Jesus. We speak the name of our Lord. The ancient Hebrew name of Jehovah Nisi, which means God, who is his banner above us. Lord, we want the name of Jesus to be the banner above us. Lord, as we march, as we stand strong, Jesus, that your name 
would be lifted up would be a banner above us, God. And Lord, at, at that sight of that banner, Lord Jesus, that the enemy would tremble. And so, Lord, I just speak against any attacks, any assaults, any manipulations of the enemy this morning, Lord God. Lord, I speak against it in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come in your full, in your full presence, in your full power this morning. Would you be with us? Would you surround us and enfold us? Would you baptize us? Would you completely immerse us in your spirit this morning, God? Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, trying to navigate transitioning. <laughs> um, I don't know about you guys. I just really, I sensed the Lord with us this morning in, in just a, a significant way. Um, so I'm just trying to uh, give him space. We, we, we are going to um, have some time of ministry at the end of service. And so if, um, if you sense that God's saying something either through the word or he was saying something to you in worship, um, I want to encourage you to be bold this morning and ask for prayer and ask for God's presence and ask for the Lord to kick down any walls or barriers and um, and just allow him to move. So that's my encouragement to you this morning. Um, a couple of, of quick things, and I've I've got a little video queued up, and I'm hoping it's going to work. If not, I might have to bounce back to the soundboard and, and make it work there. But um, starting September 15th, we're going to start having some groups. I am going to do my every couple of years. I... Um, work through the book, The Celebration of Discipline. I'm going to start that September 15th. If you've ever been interested in the spiritual disciplines, fasting, Christian meditation, prayer, um, study, um, just kind of um, like I mentioned when we were doing Psalms, uh, he mentioned celebration as being a discipline. There's a lot of things that are disciplines that maybe not your average person would be like, you mean it's a spiritual discipline to party? As a matter of fact, it is. <laughs> Believe it or not, God calls us to do that. Um, also, we are going to alpha group. My um, Aaron, can I just go ahead and have you come up? Because then you can talk about the women's groups is starting up as well. Um, my friends that on September 15th are going to be starting an alpha group. If you've never heard about alpha, we're actually going to start show a little short video here that might help explain what some of that is. Um, and, and then women's ministry. So I'm going to just hand this off to you guys. So I'm actually in two groups this fall. This is what extroverts do coming out of the pandemic. They join all the groups. Um, but women's groups, um, I know you probably don't want me to take a long time, but um, as 
as we were in the pandemic and everything was shut down, I think we had this really great benefit of thinking, what are we coming back to? I think a lot of us thought about that with our work as, and people that were stuck in jobs they hated were switching. I think that's why we're having this a little bit of a crisis in workers. And I think we have that with church too. We have this opportunity to think, what do we want to come back to? And um, when I think about church, I think, why do I come? Why the heck do I take my Sunday morning here? Um, I love Dusty and what you say, but I could listen to a podcast and get a Cracker Jack sermon, or I could play Spotify, or I could grab some of my friends together on a Thursday night and pray with me. And what I came up with is I come to church because I belong here. And because it's not even something that Jesus commands. The Pharisee, when he came and said, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus didn't say go to church. Um, It's not even that. It's because I have this invitation to belong to a community of people that aren't just like me. And maybe I don't even like some of you. And that's so good for me. It's so good when you have different um, personalities and beliefs from me. And um, so women's group, it is an invitation for you to belong here. And I promise you it won't um, take over your life that belonging here doesn't mean we're going to expect to see you every weeknight and Sunday evenings. We're going to mix it up and make it workable and intimate and... um, community building. So that's women's group. Thanks, Aaron. We're learning to not just love people like them also. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, we're starting an alpha course this fall, um, September 15th. Um, there'll be a little promo video I think we'll play here. Uh, it's essentially a group. Um, I get to host it with my wife um, where we're going to have a little time to eat a little something together, hang out together, watch a video on some of the basics of the gospel. And so it's, it's for people that are new to the faith, that are questioning the faith, maybe you've been around for a while and just want to get back to some of the basics. Um, I'm excited to, to go through it too. And um, we're going to do this over the course of about 11 weeks, starting this fall on September 15th. And I think it's going to be a good time just to discuss um, some, some of the basics of, of the faith. Um, all questions are welcome. It's not something like we're, like we're the experts and we're here to teach you something. It's more uh, to get together and to explore some of these aspects of our faith and um, help them with themselves. Okay. Um, there's no wrong like answers and some, some really good discussion areas in terms of like Jesus and the Holy Spirit um, and getting into some of the, the nuts and bolts of what we believe. So I'm looking forward to that. So anyway, we're going to start that. We'll have a few announcements over the next few weeks on that. Thanks, Aaron. Okay, I'm going to see if I can get this rolling here. Okay, hold on. I have a volume issue.
So I would really encourage you, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about your faith, and kind of like they said in the video, there's no wrong questions. You just show up and come and learn more just about your faith and about God. I really encourage you to, this is something that's really um, accessible for you to invite a friend or a family member or a neighbor to, because um, it's not like... Well, like this morning, we're diving into Second Peter, which is sometimes can be a little bit of a, of a heavy Pauline letter. Um, Alpha is really, um, it's been around for decades. I remember it in the 80s being a thing. And um, I know a lot of people who came to know Jesus through Alpha. Um, I've always thought of it as kind of like young life for adults. <laughs> It's that same kind of, you know, like, everybody's welcome, and the furthest person out, show up. Like, it just does not matter how far away you are from God, or if you've never even thought about Jesus, show up. So that's my, my encouragement to you. Thank you to my friends, the Andersons, for hosting this. And we're going to take a quick break while we transition stuff over. Um, so if you would all please stand up. Rise. Don't make me sing. Okay, uh, now I'd like you to go and greet at least two people that you may not know very well. Two people, go. Testing, testing one, testing two.
Okay, if I can have everybody find their seats. That'd be great. Good morning. Everybody cozy? Everybody has something to drink? Good morning. Um, I want to add one more announcement on to, my voice sounds really loud. Is that okay? Okay. Um, so in addition to the other groups that we have getting started in September, um, on September 19th is when we will be having youth group again. We are going to switch it to Sunday evenings um, from 5.30 to 7 here at the church. So we will be having youth group once a week um, as well as some family fun events as well. We're going to be um, planning some events where we as a family can be serving together and finding service projects, um, worshiping together. So st stay tuned for that. But teenagers, middle, middle school and high school, we want to see you here Sunday evening. Super pumped about that. So uh, welcome. Good morning. I get the lovely privilege of starting out our series, our three-week series on Second Peter. Today I'll be going over the first chapter and kind of sharing with you um, some kind of great stuff I found while studying. Um, so I'm just going to take a minute to pray um, and just go from there. Holy Spirit, we just say come. We know that you're here. We know that you're working in our midst. And Lord, I pray that you would just Open our hearts to hear your word today. God, I pray that you would take my words and anything that's supposed to stick would stick. Um, anything that's not wouldn't. Pray today that you would um, just, just begin to instill a passion for who you are. And a passion for your word in our hearts and our minds today, God. Open us up, God. Just even now, I would just encourage you to, to take some deep breaths. Just be open to what God is doing here today. Amen. So, Second Peter 1. Um, that's a little teeny. Uh, nope, I went the wrong way. Sorry, guys. So I'm going to start off with a little intro here, kind of the who, what, why, where of Peter, Second Peter. Peter is the author, and he identifies himself in the first verse as a loving servant, and he's one of the apostles. Peter wrote this letter from Rome shortly after he wrote First Peter to address some reports of false teachers in and among the churches in Asia Minor. The apostle warned them about the kind of the insidious presence of false teachers in this time um, and that were spreading heresies, also known as um, teachings outside of Orthodox Christian doctrine that was happening in this group of people. And Peter's goal in this letter was to encourage people to stand firm, to learn and cling to the knowledge of God and his word, and pursue spiritual um, maturity as a remedy for false teaching. So, um, as I was kind of praying through this and read through um, Second Peter 
dozens of times through different um, versions. Um, I landed on the Passion Translation, and that's what we're going to be going through today. As I was kind of praying through it, I just, just was really struck by the beauty of what Peter wrote. I love Peter. Um, and so we're going to go through it verse by verse today, and I'm going to stop at different sections and kind of dig in a little bit. Specifically, when I was reading in this chapter, um, three things stood out to me. One, the, um, the necessity and the desire for us to dig in deeper with Jesus and in intimacy with Jesus. Two, that we have a vision of what God has called us to in our lives. And three, how do we walk out that vision and how do we um, put action to the things that God has put on our heart, hearts. So I'm going to start in Second Peter. One, this letter is from Simon Peter, a loving servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to those who have been given a faith as equally precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Going on to verse 3. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness is already been deposited in us by his divine power for all of this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness as a result of this he's given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises we can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you've escaped the corrupt desires that are of this world. I'm just put pause on that for a minute and take a minute to kind of process through that a little bit. It's kind of heavy, but good. When you are loved, you're given a gift. When we look through this passage, we can see a tremendous gift that we've been given. He has given us everything we need, everything, not just some things, but the word is really clear, everything we could ever need for life and godliness, that it's already in us, it's already been deposited in us. It was lavished upon us in this really intimate way. This part of scripture, as I was reading it and I was kind of thinking through um, it, I was thinking about falling in love. Most of us have had an experience of what that means to fall in love. Um, to meet someone and have just like a little spark of like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Or, um, oh, I wonder what that's about. We start to pay attention to those things, right? Intimacy and relationships and falling in love does not happen overnight. You don't just meet someone and then all of a sudden there's this spark and you're kind of interested and you see something kind of great about this girl or this guy and then all of a sudden, boom, you're full on intimacy, right? No, it doesn't work like that. Anything healthy, at least, doesn't work like that, right? And I look at this and I think about how God, like, just lavishes upon us this, like, love, right? But if we don't know that that's good, if we don't know that God is faithful, it doesn't really mean anything, right? Like, people can say God loves you and he's for you and he has a plan for you and blah, 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 blah. Like, and I kind of see when Peter is writing this letter, it's kind of like he's laying it out for us. Like, look at all of this goodness that God has for us. Look at all of this beauty that he wants to give to us. But if we don't know that it's good, is it good? 
So I want to just kind of put pause on that. If you haven't experienced that love um, of God or you haven't had that deep, like, feeling of intimacy with God, I really believe that God today really wants to reveal himself to you in a deeper way. Some of us have had that experience where we're like, wow, God is so good and so beautiful and like he has been faithful over and over and over again in my life. And so we have evidence of that, but some of us don't. And so today I want to just take pause and just think about what are ways that we can um, start to see God's goodness in our lives in ways that maybe we haven't in the past. Going on to verse 5, I, that's mis- I ignore that there's a mistake there so it says so devote yourself to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness and to goodness add understanding and to understanding add the strength of self-control and to self-control add patient endurance and to patient endurance add godliness and to godliness add mercy towards your brothers and sisters and mercy toward others add unending love Since these virtues are already planted deep within and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. So when I read this, I was thinking they're already planted within us. They're already, you already have them. All of these things that we read about when we read about godliness and um, unending love, all of those things are planted within us. And as I was reading through this, I was thinking, how many of us are actually digging deeper into your relationship with Jesus and growing in intimacy, right? There's that first meeting. There's that first love. There's that, you know, we start to understand who God is and his love for us. But do we dig in to grow deeper? Do we dig into the word to see what he says about us? Do we dig into community and building relationships with other people that cause us to grow, that push us? Um, sometimes to our limits, but then, uh, but those things are really like the foundation of who we are in our faith, right? I was listening to a podcast this week. I've recently taken up podcasts, and one of my favorite authors, um, I have multiple favorite authors, but Jen Hackmaker, she's one of my favorite authors, and um, she, sorry guys, she started a series called Flipping the Scripts, and she tells a story of kind of how in the last five to six years, her entire life has like ter- been turned upside down. And she shares this story and she talks a little bit about change and how our brains don't like change. Our brains want to stay nice and cozy and comfortable and not be challenged. We just want to sit, our brains want to sit and watch the Netflix and eat the popcorn and stay cozy. But if we're not stepping out and we're not challenging ourselves to grow to in a variety of ways, um, whether it's learning the word, whether it's um, having community and being with people and kind of rubbing up against each other and having to learn how to work through those things, we're not going to grow, you guys. And in this kind of um, section, I was thinking about how God's goodness is already planted deep within us when we come to know him. But am I doing the work to dig deeper into that? Am I doing the work to figure out what it is that God has for my life? Am I doing the work to ask myself hard questions and look at the areas that I need to change and I need to grow in, right? Because my brain wants to stay comfortable. 
my body wants to stay comfortable. Let's be honest, nobody likes working out, right? <laughs> nobody likes being, well, maybe, but not me. Um, and if we're not pushing ourselves, if we're not taking those steps to grow, we're not going to change. I was thinking about um, having a vision for your life and knowing what God has for you. Do you know what that is? Have you taken time to ask him, like, God, you know, I know that you say that you've made me and that you knit me in my mother's womb, and I know that you say you have a plan for me, and you know that that's to prosper and not to harm, and you say all of these things in your word, but are we digging in and saying, God, what is the vision that you've given me for my life? Um, this week, in addition to the podcast, um, I, most of you have probably heard this because I mention it ad nauseum, that I have a vision for my life. I've had a vision for my life since I was like 22, I don't know. And, um, and it's really silly, but I'm, I'm just going to share it because I think it's really good for us to kind of model that for each other when we have plans, when we have vision, when we have goals, that we model that for each other and we spur each other on towards um, growth. Um, so, vision for my life, my friends are probably rolling their eyes because they've heard this a million times. Um, is that at my funeral, when people are, are like sad and crying, that they will be like, man, that girl, woman, she could not bake. She burned everything that she could, because I really can't, I can't bake. And she could not put eyeliner on for the life of her. Her eyes were always a hot mess. But man, she loved wealth. That everything in my brain, in my body, in my what I have that she loved wholeheartedly the way that Jesus does. And that my life was in pursuit of who he is and what he's doing and where he wants me to be. And I can say now at almost 43 um, that I've, I've accomplished that in the last 20 some years. Recently, um, we started doing vision planning in our family. Now that my kids are older, it's a little bit different. When your kids are little, you can kind of have plans for what you want your parenting to look like, and I did, and I still do. And you have dreams about what type of mother or father you want to be. And I had those documented, written down, knew what I wanted that to look like. But now that my kids are older, it's different, right? Because I want them to be a partner in that. I don't want to just make decisions for them and just make things happen because, you know, I want them to be partnering with me, right? And I want to pause and say, that's the exact same way God is with us. He wants us partnering with him. He wants us walking alongside of him in deep intimacy and saying, where are we going? What are we doing? What, what, what does this look like? Sit down with my kids, and um, we just start kind of like free-throwing out ideas. And... Um, when they were little, I had a vision, right? And now I'm planning with them. And I just said, what do we love? What do we value? They bought these big post-it notes, and we're like scribbling all of these things down. And you guys, there is nothing better in the world, nothing better for your kids to identify the things that we value, Jesus, community, our church family, compassion. My kids said these things, not me, not me feeding them words, right? So today I want you to take pause and I want you to think about, God, what are you doing in my life? 
what are you doing in my family's life? What is the vision that you have for my life? Because at the end, it's him. It's him, right? It's him. It's seeing his heart. It's seeing his kingdom come. It's seeing his will be done. And if we have deep within that, when we look at what the word says and Peter's writing here, and we say, like, yeah, this is what I want to be about. When, when Jesus, and we are focused on Jesus and building intimacy with him, it changes the trajectory of our life. Do you hear me? It changes everything. It changes your relationship. It changes your parenting. It changes your neighborhood. It changes everything. And if we're not pursuing that and we're not taking time to dig in that deeper and look at the things in our shadow areas that need to grow, and we're not looking at the harm and the things that have happened to us and be willing to challenge those with the light of Jesus, I have to ask you, what are we doing here? Why are we here if we're not willing to dig deeper? If we're not willing to just be putting all of our everything into knowing who he is? Okay. For this reason, beloved ones, be confirmed and vow that God has invited you to salvation and claimed you. If you do these things, you will never stumble. When we are caught up in kingdom building and kingdom minded and, and focused on Jesus, we're not going to stumble. We're not going to get caught up in crap that doesn't matter. We're not. I'm getting a little preachy here, sorry. Um, I'm not usually very preachy. I'm usually kind of quieter. Um, I'm passionate about this, though. How can we not be? How can we not see his goodness and not be totally just enveloped in one of ourselves and who he is? Do the work to dig into what he has for you. It takes time to build intimacy, you guys. It's not just like boom overnight. It, it takes work. It takes being willing to show up. It takes willing to die to ourselves and what we want. It's not easy. I'm not going to tell you it is because it's not. It's hard. Um, I'm going to tell a story about kayaking because I'm a kayaker now. I can say that, I think, um, in March. Rewind. A year and a half ago, my life kind of fell apart. <coughs> And I knew a few things. I knew that God was good, right? I know that he is for me. I knew that he had a plan for me. I dug into that. I had this, like, funny feeling that, like, I wanted to start kayaking. And I'm like, why? I don't, this doesn't make any sense. I love the water. Anyways, so what it ended up turning into was the first time I went out, I fell into a lake. <laughs> I still don't have the video of it. I can't find it. But Ashley and Stacy were with me, and they can tell you I fell in a lake, and it was kind of funny because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I watched a whole bunch of videos and thought, I'm going to YouTube my way through this. I'm going to do it. I'm not a particularly adventurous, but I thought, I'm going to try this. No, I fell in a lake. <laughs> so the next time I went out, I was like, I'm just not going to fall in. That's my goal. I'm just not going to fall in. And I didn't fall in. I ended up kayaking a little bit. So this process and turned into a whole other thing where I was like, I'm going to do 27 bodies of water this summer. This is my goal. I'm going to do it. Don't know why. I just did it. I just, I needed something to work towards, I think, really. Turns out, 
<laughs> every single lake, every single lake, been on the water, tied out of my brain. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm going to fall. I'm not, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm watching the videos. I'm staying in the box. I'm doing all of these things. It has not been comfortable. It has not been easy. I post these pretty little pictures of kayaking on Facebook. Oh, it has been so hard. I've had to get over and get over my fear. I have really bad psoriasis and like the algae in the water has made it worse. And like I'm dealing with all of these other things in addition to this. But here's the thing. God calls you to something, asks you to do something, do it. Maybe I should step back and say, God did fucking running and I've put pause on that. I will say, I haven't been totally obedient about I'm not going to lie. I was, I was just telling Chris the other day. But here's the funny thing. Six ago, God's talking to me about trail running, right? And I'm a researcher through, through research everything before I do anything. I researched kayaking for like a year before I did anything. And I start research, researching trail running, and I'm like, God, this is weird. I'm not, so I'm not going to lie. There are times where I'm not obedient. I'm not being obedient about trail running. But turns out, if I would have been trail running when God asked me to, I wouldn't have been working out so much my top, and I would have been working out the bottom too, and so my legs wouldn't be as weak as they are now. So TMI, I know, but God had a plan in that, and I, sh I should have listened to that. Um, so when God puts things on your heart, when there's a spark, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Spark. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like when you're just kind of going through your day, and then all of a sudden you're like, there's this, this little spark. Something just happens in you. And you pay attention to the Holy Spirit talking to you and saying, Peyton, pay attention to what's going on. You're in the middle of a Starbucks and all of a sudden there's this, this spark and you, you see this person and you're like, what is that, Holy Spirit? What are you doing there? And sometimes it's to encourage people. And sometimes it's just to pray for people. And, but, but it means something when God's talking to you. So I use my embarrassing kayaking experience of falling into a lake and being comfortable and my psoriasis being horrible in algae as a lesson that it is uncomfortable, but it's worth it. It is worth it because I can tell you every single time I have been on a lake, every single time I'm sitting there like, am I going to die that I'm going to die? Is this the day that I'm going to fall in and my boys are going to watch me drown from this? I'm not sure. But I've also learned about peace. And I've also learned about calm and centering my body and listening to the Holy Spirit. I've also learned about the sound of the waters and being in his creation in ways that I never did before. So, um, in verse 12, I won't hesitate to continually remind you of these truths, even though you're aware of them and are well established in the present measure of truth you've already embraced. And as long as I live, I will continue to awaken you to this reminder, since our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has clearly revealed that my departure is near. Indeed, I am passionate to share these things with so that you will always remember them after my exodus from this life. Um, verse 16. I'm going to pause. <clears throat> Sorry. We are not retelling some mastercrafted legend when we inform you of the power and the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, where we saw his magnificence and splendor unveiled before our very eyes. Yes, Father God lavished upon him radiant glory and honor when his distinct voice spoke out of the realm of majestic glory, endorsing him with these words. This is my cherished son, marked by my love. All of my delight is found in him. And we ourselves heard that voice resound from the heavens while we were with him on the holy mountain. I put some 
if you want to, um, for those of you that want to read a little bit more um, in, into the transfiguration, because um, Peter mentions it, but these three verses kind of account for it. So write those down if you don't know what I'm talking about. I want to pause here and think about, we don't have that experience, right? Hearing God's voice in this like amazing experience of the transfiguration. And as I was praying through this and I was thinking about it, God um, gave me a picture of these pews in this room. I've been in this church since I was 18 years old. I'm old now. <laughs> um, I left for a while to go be a part of a church plant and do church planning, but my church home since I was 18 years old. I've been serving in this church since I was 18 years old. I have prayed for so many of you. Um, but God was reminding me of these pews. And in a way that they heard his voice and they saw his glory is the same way that, that we have those senses when we saw babies born that we prayed for and we didn't know we we're going to exist. Um, for healing, as we saw our friends get healed, when we saw people's hearts being broken, picture I got was I was sitting you over there with Aaron and Aaron, uh, probably like four or five years ago, and I was bawling my head off because I my heart was broken in a million pieces, and they held me together. So we might not have this totally like amazing experience like the apostles have a lot of experience but be god's heart for us god's healing for us god's restoration for us and we need to hold on to those because it's all it's all part of see god's goodness he gives us a vision for our lives we press in we grow, we fight alongside of each other as a community, and we be together, and we see God's goodness. So I just wanted to take a minute to pause and about those things where we've seen God show up. One of the core vineyard beliefs, um, we get to do the stuff, and that everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to play. That's you guys. You. That's not just me, because I'm good at hanging out with teenagers. That's not just Dusty, because he's really good at loving people and preaching. That's not just Deb, because she's really good at writing and engaging with people. That's not just, like, I could sit here and list over and over and over all of the gifts and all the goodness that God has put into you, but it doesn't mean anything if you're not doing anything. It doesn't mean anything if you just hold on to those things for yourself. This is the part where I want to talk about the call to action, the risk. We feel these sparks. We sense these things sometimes, and we ignore them, like the trail running. <laughs> but sometimes, when we take pause, we say, wow, God is good. He has provided for me. He has cared for me. He has healed my broken heart. He has, he has brought babies where there were no babies. He's brought healing where there is no healing. What are you going to do to risk? What are you going to do when those sparks come up in you? When we think about that, we can see that like, we can have these amazing experiences with God, and we see how they had these amazing experiences with God, and if we're willing to press into that, and we're willing to risk 
there's a time where we move from there's a time where we move forward from experience into faith right we can sit and wait for all of these good experiences to happen but leaning into faith begins with trust and I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to grow if you're not willing to step in and be vulnerable and risk and trust God. You are not, and this, this is a big one, and this is going to be hard, so please hear me when I say this. You are not going to grow if you are not willing to be vulnerable with other people and me. You are not. I hate to tell it, I hate to, I, I don't want to be harsh. I don't want to be, but you're not. If you stay isolated by yourself and thinking it's just you and Jesus land, you're not going to grow. You're not the walkness of what God has for you. Verse 19. And so we've been given the prophetic word, the written message of the prophets made more reliable and fully validated by the confirming voice of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. And you will continue to do well if you stay focused on it. For this prophetic message is like a piercing light shining in a gloomy place until the dawning of a new day when the morning star rises in your You must understand that the, at the outset, interpretation of scriptural prophecy requires the Holy Spirit. For it does not originate from someone's own imagination. No true prophecy comes from human initiative. It's inspired by the moving of the Holy Spirit upon those who spoke the message that came from God. I want to be really clear be really clear with you guys. It's a choice. It's always a choice to open up the gifts that God has for us. It's also a risk. Scary. Risk feels scary and foreign and awkward. I'm the queen of awkward. I, I dislike it so much, but because of what I've seen God do in my life, I'm willing to risk now. I'm willing to step into this scary. Like, I, I had this really weird thought the other day, and for me, this is huge. I was like processing through some stuff and praying through some stuff. And I said, I asked God, God, what is the biggest risk? What's the biggest risk? Let's see that. That's not me. That like, that's not me at all. Right? And to see that in me, to see that, that part of me being birthed in this like new way and being, and wanting to see that every space in my heart and in my mind be called into a deeper place with Jesus. Deeper isn't easy, but it's worth it. We gotta be willing to risk, though. And it's right. We started out at the beginning of the message talking about all his goodness and all of these things that he has for us, right? When we're buried in that, it's not scary anymore. When we're buried in knowing who, who he is and what he has for us and that he's good and that we can trust and he's given for our lives and what he has for us, that next step isn't as hard. But it takes work. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's not just this, like, miraculous thing. You go from, like, nothing. It takes pressing in. The lover of your soul doesn't leave you alone. We grow when we step out. Stay focused on who he is and the vision and calling for your life, but be willing to risk. So I made a little list because I'm, I'm, I'm a list girl. How do we do this? Know who you are and whose you are. 
what, and start to ask questions. Get curious. Get curious about all that stuff that's going on in your heart. Get, don't just ignore it. Don't just like, eh, whatever, I'm going to go watch Dawson's Creek. That's been my thing lately. Um, like, don't ignore it. What promises does God have for you? Words say about you and know those things. What is the vision that God has for your life? You're asking those questions. Listen. Be quiet. Pay attention to what he's saying to you. Pay attention to those sparks. Write it down. Even if it seems kind of nuts, write it down. Um, pay attention to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell the tugs on your heart. When my kids were little, I... It's hard to explain what's for me, how to listen to the Holy Spirit to your kids, right? And I, wa- I wanted my kids to uh, know how to listen to the Holy Spirit and kind of pay attention to those things. And so I didn't want Ezra to ride the bus because I'm a paranoid. I'm a little paranoid. But I really felt like God was like, Ezra's supposed to ride the bus when he was in kindergarten. Well, I didn't want him on the bus. I wanted him in my car. I won't lie, the first day of school, I did follow the bus all the way to the school. I did. I was nuts. (laughs) I followed the bus all the way to the school. And this is what I taught him about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, buddy, there's these little sparks in your heart, and you just feel something. You don't really know what it is. Sometimes it involves another person. Sometimes it's you see someone hurting in compassion. Sometimes it's something just doesn't feel right. You pay attention to that, and you dig into that. So I wanted them to listen to the tugs on their heart. And they did. And there was a day where he was riding the bus. And he came home. And he was really excited. Like, Mom, I felt the tugs on my heart. And I was like, you did? Tell me what happened. So he told me a story about what happened with this other kid on the bus and how he like, kind of stood up for this kid. And I was like, way to go, buddy. Way to go to listen to the Holy Spirit. Way to go to listen to the tugs on your heart. And so if you don't know what that means to listen to the Holy Spirit. If you haven't experienced that before, walk alongside people that do. Get into community and find out what that looks like. For our family, that's, we talked about it, um, tugs on your heart. And then the last thing, the hard one, risk. Take action in what God's putting on your heart. When you feel it, and you know it, and I, and I do think this could go into a whole other sermon about listening to our bodies and listening to what God says to us. But I believe that God has made our bodies um, to speak to us. And we don't, we don't always listen because we're, either because of trauma, sometimes like a lot of stuff like kind of happened to you as a child and it's really hard to be able to listen to your body now because you've spent all of these years protecting yourself. You've spent all of these years trying to make sense of all of this stuff. So there is that. But when you come into relationship with Jesus, and you start this, and you start to put pause, pay attention to what's on in your body. I've been practicing this for about, d- intentionally, for about a year and a half now, and I can tell you, I hear the Holy Spirit in ways that I didn't before, because I ignored it. Pay attention when you start to feel sick about something, and something just doesn't feel right. Pay attention to that. Um, I think that sometimes that God is speaking to us through that. So, um, Ministry. Close us in prayer. Brian, if I could have you come back up. I don't know where he is. There he is. There he is. My dear friend, Brian. Um, today, um, kind of as I was praying through this, um, 
there's a couple of different things I feel like we're supposed to pray for. Um, one um, is I think that God is wanting to lure some of you to that first love, that first passion, where you're reading the word and you're excited. And you're like, oh, God is so good. Um, and just installing, instilling that passion in us for him and his word and his goodness. He was on into growing in spiritual maturity. The first group. The second group, um, I really feel like some of you have tugs on your heart, have sparks in your heart for things, ignoring them. Because it's scary to risk. Um, and that's okay to sit with that. It's okay to discomfort. But I want to encourage you to start paying those things. What are, and start asking questions. I have this spark, this idea, and I don't know where it's coming from, but it might be God. And, and I really believe that God wants to encourage you in those things. Like, what are those things that make you come alive? And do those things. So two groups. First, love. Sparking ideas. And then some of you, God's telling you to get off your butt. Start risking. Just do it. Some of you are still in the contemplation stage, but some of you are like, I know what God has said to me, I, and I, I just need to do it. Instead of, I'm an overthinker, so I will research and overthink things all the time. But sometimes God is just like pushing you. This is it, guys. This is it. Let, like, let's show up to it. Um, so I'm going to have Ryan play some music. I'm just going to take some time to just see what the Holy Spirit's doing. Um, and if anybody feels like they have something that they want to share, that God is putting on your heart during worship, um, we want to be able to create space for you to be able to share that because God uses all of us. Everybody can play. So I would encourage you if you have a word or something that you want to share to go ahead and share that. I'm going to close this in prayer. God, we thank you that you are a God Thank you for those spaces that you love us. And Lord, I pray that you would just begin to continue to speak to people. God, that you would give us deep vision and heart and calling. Deep in our hearts, God, that we would know that we are nothing without you. And that our lives are more beautiful and made fundamentally just better because you're in it. God, I just ask that you would just work um, someone here. no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with 
day and I will put my trust in you alone and will not be shaken and holy there is no one like you there is none be open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your love and lead me in your love to those around me good view of myself sometimes <laughs> and um he's been lately just confirming this having people sing that i kind of have to step back and me <laughs> so the point is that um 
first I, I, I wanted to give Kat a nod for the things mm -hmm. that she shared and her passion and, and because it really spoke to me and and just sort of be part of the confirmation that yeah, you might be really surprised what God's gonna give you when you're willing to take that risk. God, if there's um, still anybody here that needs prayer, um, if there's still things that you need to do, God, I pray um, those things are done. So again, if you feel, feel a nudge, feel a tug, please um, just raise your hand. Someone around you will pray. Otherwise, we just uh, we bless you guys. I pray that this week that we would um, we would live and we remember that Holy Spirit, you are in us. You've given us what we need. Help us just to um, to grow in intimacy and closeness with you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a good week. Again, I'm going to keep playing because it feels like God might be doing something, maybe for some people. So no need to awkwardly stare at me. <laughs> but, but please don't leave if you think God's doing something.